Have you ever logged into your online banking account only to find out that it's closed? That's what happened to me when I signed up for my first business banking account. I bet you can see why I'd be interested in Aslo, a banking platform made for small businesses. Instead of the days or weeks it takes to apply for an account at a traditional bank, where you're still required to go in in person, with Aslo, you just go to azlo.com and apply in as little as 10 minutes. And there is no waiting to use your account. With Aslo's free instant funding feature, you can deposit up to $1,000 and access it in your account instantly. I recommend signing up now because Aslo was created for us, giving us one less worry regarding our money. Sign up right now with no minimum deposit at azlo.com, aslo.com slash spq and get a free copy of Aslo's Small Business Starter Guide, spelled A-Z-L-O dot com slash S-P-Q, and sign up with a free Small Business Starter Guide and no minimum deposit, aslo.com slash S-P-Q. This podcast is a part of the Maisie Media Network, a community of podcasts for women by women. Quit Playing Small is the new book by your host, yes, me, Ayana Angel, and it is a daily inspiration book that you can utilize in your morning routine. If you've started a morning routine, add it to your collection of books that you normally tap into. And if you have yet to start a morning routine, this is the perfect book to help you get started. Quit Playing Small is available at Amazon.com. Just search Quit Playing Small or click on the link in the show notes. Hey girl, hey, and thanks for dropping into the Switch Pivot Quit podcast. Candid convo for the girl needing a lifestyle plot twist when she's deciding if it's time to switch, pivot, or quit. I'm Ayana Angel and I am your host as well as chief encourager and author. In order for you to hang out with us in this awesome space, all that's required for you to do is sit back, open your mind, and enjoy the show. Hello, good people. It is your girl, Ayana Angel, sliding through for a solo episode. I feel like it's been a minute since we've done a solo episode. Just me and you, just you and me, all that good stuff. If you follow along on the Switch, Pivot, or Quit Instagram, you will know that I alluded to this episode coming. So here it is. Now, one thing I want to say before I get started I do have a little bit of hesitation about doing this episode. And that's because when I first thought of recording this, I was hyped up. I was fired up. I don't really know why, but I was, right? And now, in reflection, I really want to make sure that this episode is helpful. And Although I am always going to be me and call out some things that may not be a popular thing to say or a popular opinion, I still want to make sure that it's beneficial for those of you listening. So bear with me as I rock through this episode and I'm just going to try and give you some of the real but also just paint a slightly different picture or use different brush strokes than maybe I was going to use before. Um, I'm trying to consistently come from a place of positivity in my life. And that's overall, not just when I'm speaking to you guys, even when I'm speaking to myself, I want to make sure that I am showing up in that way. So let's go ahead and get into this. How did I come up with this idea? 
What is the idea, you ask? The idea for this episode. It's called, I hate to say this, but. Now, if you didn't know, I'm going to tell you a little secret about me. One of my secrets is that I pay attention to what other content creators are doing outside of my space. MySpace. Um, I got this idea from one of the YouTubers that I regularly check for, and her name is Patricia Bright. If you don't know, Patricia is a pretty huge lifestyle YouTuber, is what I'm going to call her. And we actually had her on the Amelie podcast. If you have not listened to the Amelie podcast, do a quick search wherever you listen to podcasts and go check that out. The episode with her was really insightful. And I feel like she's really really good at not doing typical youtuber stuff she is always coming up with things ways to challenge herself or her audience that don't feel stale and boring and like oh here we go another youtuber challenge or this or that right so she came up with this thing I hate to say this but and maybe it was original maybe it wasn't but it was the first time I had seen it so I liked it and I said you know what I should do something similar because I had some things on my mind as I mentioned so I really want to address the fact that I hear a lot of people wanting to grow their social status. Um, and so that's going to be, I guess you could say, the the base of this conversation maybe. And the reason why I think a lot of people want to grow their social status is because they think that's the key to their greatness, right? They want to share you know, what they have going on and they think that They see other people sharing, and if these other people are doing it, then I can do it too, and you know, maybe it's going to make me pop. Maybe it's going to give me the results that I've been desiring, right? I hopefully will give you some perspective with this episode because I want to help people approach this situation um, with a different frame of mind, and I also want to help give some context to how you may think of yourself with relation to online influence and or clout. All right. I hate to say this, but some of us are the biggest sabotagers of our own greatness. Yet, we are quick to point out when someone else has done us wrong. But what about you, sis? Are you really holding you down or nah? You know, it's like that thing where you can always see the flaw in other people. But when someone tries to hold the mirror up so that you can see the flaws in yourself, you want to shun that image, right? So the reason that I hate to say this is because I know it's something that so many of us don't want to hear, right? We feel like we're working toward that greatness and we want all the amazing things to come our way. But are you sabotaging that? And and really realistically think about how you could be sabotaging that. The sabotage could be in the fact that you didn't answer a simple email that you didn't know was going to lead you to the next opportunity. Mm. And why didn't you answer it? Because you were being careless and you missed it or whatever the case. I'm just trying to paint the picture of how small this could be, but it could make a big impact on you and what you actually want. I hate to say this, but I rarely want to interview coaches on the Switch Pivot or Quit podcast 
because usually they have an angle to sell you something. And my feeling is I get it. You know, everybody, especially in this social entrepreneurial, digital, everything age that we're in, everybody is trying to sell you something, whether it's their own personal product or they're hawking a product for a brand. But my feeling is, let's just be honest with stuff. Let's keep it 100, okay? Let's keep it all the way 100. If you just want to flat out come on somebody's podcast to advertise your service, then maybe you should just buy an advertising spot on their podcast. Hmm, there's a thought. So if you notice, for me, the advertisers that I bring on for this podcast, they are either things that I would use, things that I'm using, things that I'm interested in, or things that I think you could benefit from or might be interested in. So when I book a coach, I recognize that in some instances, it almost feels like I'm vouching for them. And so that's why I'm sensitive to the fact that I can't just bring all the coaches on the podcast. Also, because number one, who wants to hear from a whole podcast full of coaches all the time? I'm sorry, this podcast is not the coach's corner. Okay, that's not what it's called. So there's that. Um, But then also everybody is a coach these days. And unfortunately, every coach is not a coach. Mm. I hate to say this, but every coach is not a coach. (laughs) So if you are a coach listening, which you're probably not, because that's the other thing. Everybody that pitches two chance to one, I can tell when you actually listen to the podcast or not, right? So a lot of these coaches just feel like, oh, podcasting is the new way for me to get my message out there and build my my email list and, and expand my community so that I can get a bunch of lemmings who will follow me and buy into my services and be willing to pay me all this money to do what I do because I'm so great and fantastic. So I'm gonna get on a bunch of podcasts. I've never listened to them before. I'm just going to cold email all of them. We can tell. We can tell. I hate to say this, but people are not as popping as you think. Dun, dun, dun. Everyone that you think you like and want to potentially be like they are running Facebook ads. <laughs> so that's why I say everybody is not as popping as you think because don't believe me, just watch, right? If you were to Google somebody and you were just interested or you heard their name somewhere and you were just like, oh, I wonder what's this person's deal. Let me just do a quick Google search. Bet they're going to stop start popping up all over your feed. Everybody from Lisa Nichols to Jessica Simpson, okay, who we know has a multi-million dollar brand and business that has been existing for a number of years now. But even lesser known people that you may sometimes stalk on the internet streets, they're running ads too. Like that, I just had this like, one day. And I was like, you know, 
Some people are out here really fronting like throngs of people are just flocking to them because of what they exude or what they're giving or what knowledge they have or all these things, whatever it is that their angle is, right? But a big part of it is you're paying for that. You are paying for their attention. You are putting yourself in front of audiences that you think are checking for you. And so for everybody listening who's wondering, how can I compete? You know, how can I be like some of these people who I think are popping? I really want to give you this, I guess, reality check that a lot of this world that we are operating in is pay to play. So they're paying and that's why they're playing and that's why you see them show up all the time and that's why it feels like they are so popping or their growth is so much more advanced than maybe yours is because they're investing and choosing to invest in maybe a different way than you're choosing to invest. So I want you to keep that top of mind the next time that you compare yourself to somebody else if you're in a similar space And um, you're wondering, why are they leaps and bounds ahead of me in terms of the attention that they're garnering or the work that they're doing or the um, the people that they have signed up and registered and all of this for their programming? It could be because they're investing significantly in ads. And this is a quick example I want to give you. So there was this girl from college who dated this guy (laughs) that was one of my really good friends in college. And they dated, I don't know, maybe like a year or something. So I knew her and I knew her from around school, but she wasn't like a BFF of mine or anything. And we didn't kick it like that. Um, But I just knew, I know who she is, right? So at some point, and I have not seen this girl nor heard anything about her or anything, pretty much I'm going to say since college. And I don't know where I first came across this. I think it was on Instagram. An ad popped up. And there I see her big face. And I'm not saying big face to be funny. Um, It was like a nothing but her face, right? And I'm like, wait, I know this girl. But I'm like, I don't follow her. And then I recognized that it was an ad. It said sponsored. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. So this is what she's doing now. And I forget what she's selling, but she's selling something. She's an online entrepreneur. She's selling something, some kind of course or something. Right. And if I'm not mistaken, maybe I went to her website to be nosy to see like, well, what does she have going on or whatever? Right. I swear to you. Now that girl's ads pop up everywhere, even in my app of this game that I play, this word search game that I play, an ad of hers popped up there too. That's when I knew I was like, this is too much. Oh my gosh, this is like overkill. Like this is way too much. And so I'm sharing that story with you to let you know she is paying money for people's attention. I had not seen nor heard anything about her programming, her offering, her classes or anything like that before the moment that I first came across her ad, but since, I've seen it everywhere. So if you're someone looking at her and you're seeing all the things that she's doing everywhere, you're probably thinking, oh my gosh, like she's so popping. Well, she's paying to be popping. So there's that.
I hate to say this, but nothing is truly organic anymore. That's along the same lines as what I was just talking about. The days of people being organically interested in you on social media, they're almost extinct. And I I really want you to hear me when I say that because so many people who are trying to create and carve a different lane for themselves, they're trying to figure out how to grow. How can I grow my social media? How can I grow my Instagram? How can I get more followers? How can I get more people interested in what I'm doing? And I want you to think back to what I just said. Most people are paying to play at this point. The organic nature of things are just not what they once were. So you have to figure out how you want to show up in this space, how you want to play, how you want to compete. And if you're looking to organically grow, it's not to say that it's impossible. It's just to say that the work is going to look a little bit different now and it's definitely going to be harder because you're going to have to go to some tactics and think of some things that maybe worked pre-social media. And you're going to have to really take a grassroots approach. And that might not always be comfortable. And it may be worth it. It may not be worth it. Some things may work. Other things may not work. But organic growth is just not what it was before. And when I say that, I also want to offer this to you. If you're a smaller account and you have those accounts that continuously show up in your feed and like your pictures or comment or something and it's this larger account and maybe it's somebody in your space or somebody you admire or what have you and you think oh my gosh they like my stuff like or they're following me now that's all a game I think so many of us know this right now at this point but I want to share this for those who may have missed the memo That is a game. That is a tactic to try and get other people to follow you and engage with your content. And it's so funny because my mother is totally guilty. She's like, or guilty of buying in. She always says to me, oh yeah, so-and-so, they're following me. And I'm like, but are they mom? Like, are they following you? Or did they just like a couple of your pictures? And then you started following them. That's the game, right? And that's not even organic. It is... It's effort that's made. It's more like marketing. Um, And I guess you could say it's even a little bit of like trickery and mind manipulation on a very, very low level because you're trying to get somebody to think that you're actually interested in what they're doing. So then they can in turn be interested, hopefully, in what you're doing. So nothing is organic anymore. The quicker that we realize that, the better off you will be in terms of your efforts because you won't be beating yourself up or beating yourself down about what's not happening. It's not to say make excuses for yourself. It's just to say that you're going to have to approach a situation of growth, especially on social, a little bit different because now you know that the organic nature of things is just not what it once was. I hate to say this. But the online influencer, cool kids, online entrepreneurial type of space is incestuous. Yes, I said it. And some of you already know it. It's incestuous in the way that you see all the same people in all the same places doing all the same things with all the same people all the time. 
And rarely is there a departure to venture out to welcome new people and other people into the fold. I don't exactly know why it's like that, but it's something that I've observed. And so I hate to say it, but that's the reality of it. Would you believe me if I told you that I was a brace face at one point in time in life? I know you can't tell now. Just like life, teeth can be unpredictable. Now, I want my youth back. Well, just my 15-year-old smile. And my friends at Candid are going to help me get it. I'm excited to start my treatment to close this gap once more. And the process is super simple. The average Candid treatment is just six months. You'll start seeing results way before then. And costs are at an average 50% less than Invisalign. With Candid, your treatment includes remote monitoring by the same orthodontist. Yes, I said orthodontist. That makes a difference for me because I know that you can't get your teeth straight without an orthodontist. So you'll have the same orthodontist who created your plan, so you never have to wonder how your teeth are doing. You'll always know, and I personally love that. Ready to take the first step toward getting your dream smile you can't wait to show off? Get started today. From the comfort of your own home with Candid's risk-free starter kit and $75 off. Go to candidco.com SPQ and use code SPQ. That's candidco.com SPQ, code SPQ for your risk-free starter kit and $75 off. candidco.com SPQ, code SPQ. What's the latest book that you're into? Me, I've been enjoying Girl, Stop Apologizing by Rachel Hollis on Audible. Audible makes me feel like I'm getting some of my time back, you know? Like my days, I can be entertained on the go and not just stuck doing one thing. Audible members now get to choose three titles every month. One audiobook plus two Audible originals that you can't hear anywhere else. Audible keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. You'll finish more stories when you listen with Audible, which means you'll always be able to be a part of the conversation. Explore all the ways listening on Audible can help improve your mind, body, and soul with entertainment, information, and inspiration. Head over to audible.com SPQ or text SPQ to 500-500 and you can actually start listening to Girl Stop Apologizing right along with me for free. Start listening to anything your little heart desires now with a 30-day Audible trial and your first audiobook plus two Audible originals are free. Visit audible.com slash SPQ or text SPQ to 500-500. I hate to say this, but everything is sales. One of the things that I didn't know when I first quit my job and decided I was going to embark on a new career was that although I hated sales and I thought I hated sales in that gross, yucky salesman type of way, sales was going to become my friend (laughs) and it was going to have to be my friend in order for me to survive. And I think a lot of us think of sales as a type of role that you play 
or a position or a career that you have in a very specific field, but everything is sales. Everything that we do, everything that we engage with, everything that we consume had to deal with some type of sales on some level. So I've heard it said a lot before, and I think it's very, very true that all entrepreneurs have to be good at sales. And I want to take that a step further and say that most successful people are probably good at sales. So if you are an entrepreneur, great. You better be beefing up your skills and getting really good at sales, right? But if you're a corporate climber, you still better be beefing up your skills and getting good at sales as well because sales also can include you selling yourself to get a new job, you selling yourself to get a promotion, you selling yourself to vie for a spot on a team to work on a special project. It's all relevant. So being able to have persuasive speech and get people to think the way that you want them to or get them to buy in or understand people's pain points and then speak to those pain points, that is going to be beneficial for all of us when you are trying to get ahead and reach that level of success that you see for yourself. And this brings me into my next, I hate to say this, but on some level, We follow people that we want to be like. If you don't have a ton of followers, it's likely because you haven't done an effective job at selling people on you. Mm -hmm. It's a sales game. This still goes back to sales. Why do people share their whole life story with you in like these micro blogging types of posts on Instagram? They're selling themselves to you. So then what happens is you have two types of followers. You have the ones that genuinely like you and what you're doing and all the good stuff that you have to offer. And then you have the ones that want to be you and want to duplicate what you're doing. You've enticed them in so much and they're so enthralled with you that they want to be you. And they want to be like you and they're watching you so that they can mock everything that you do. And I guess you could kind of say copy your style because you've done something right. It's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. They want to do what you do. You have effectively sold them on you. Now we're going to get into one that's a little more harsh. I hate to say this, but. Some of the biggest online personalities are toxic in real life. Mm, I'm going to let that sit there for a second. They're scammers. Oh, gosh, I hate to say it. (laughs) I'm not even laughing. I'm laughing because I guess I really do say I hate to say this because, like, I just said it. But they are, you know, I watched this episode of a reality show that I had never watched before, and I was just curious as to what the content would be like, so I decided to watch this episode, and it was featuring a woman who is a popular coach in the online space. Now, I don't follow her, but I know who she is and she's come up on my explore page before and I noticed in a video that I clicked on once on her page, 
she was saying something that made a lot of sense in the way that she was basically saying the way that she gets people's attention is by some of the aesthetically pleasing stuff that she does, like the way that she wears her hair or the way that she dresses and the the things that she accumulates to be able to, I guess, kind of show off, if you will, to people. And she was willingly acknowledging that sometimes that's the window in for people. That's how she captures people's attention. So I was mindful of that. Like I had, I I noticed that she said that, filed it away. And I was like, interesting. And I definitely thought that there was some truth to it, right? So then I get to this reality show and I'm watching it and she's on there. And there's this environment that ends up being created where one young woman really wanted to help empower the other women that were in her industry. And so she brought this coach in to be able to talk to them and hopefully empower them and and give them some insight to help them go forward with some of the dreams and ambitions that they had or business ideas or just, you know, ideas, period. Well, this particular coach, she comes in and her vibe is very, very abrasive. Now, there is, there's one thing when you're a straightforward type of coach, a no-nonsense type of coach, that style works for some people. But I felt like if she was really a coach's coach that was going to show up in this environment and really benefit these women, it may have benefited her to take a second and assess who was in the room. I'm not a coach, but I would think that somewhere along in coaching school, if you went to it, you would probably be told or you would probably understand that not everyone learns the same, receives information the same, all of those things, right? So if your goal and mission is to effectively help as many women as you can, you would probably want to understand how these women are processing things, are showing up in the world, um, sort of how they move before you just hit them over the head with your one style of approaching a coaching environment. I think it's probably beneficial for a coach to be a little versatile because then they can help more people, right? So that's not what this woman did. That's not how this scenario played out. Probably why I'm telling you this, right? She was abrasive. She wasn't open to really hearing what um, the women were saying. It was like she already had her mind made up that she was better than them on some level. And that was definitely coming off. I'm sure she did not walk into that room with that intention, That is what was coming off. And she was asking questions, but it was almost like she was asking questions so that she could have the opportunity to belittle what they were saying, to jump down their throat, to negate what they were saying, to question them in such a way that did not feel supportive at all. And at the end of watching this, 
First of all, the woman who she had the most conflict with was also a stronger personality who was trying to stick up for herself. And in the end, she just left. She said, I'm going to remove myself from this environment because it is no longer serving me. And what I came to the conclusion of after watching this was I was like, gosh, I wonder if she's like embarrassed about this at all. And I went on her Instagram to see if maybe she had said anything or addressed it or maybe said, you know, I was having a bad day or maybe I was going through some personal things when I was filming this. No, she totally 100% stood behind her behavior um, and didn't see anything wrong with it. And so I came to the conclusion that she was toxic and maybe she's good for somebody on some level, but in general, that ain't it. I don't think that there's no instance where I would see I would want to work with her or that it would be beneficial. So it just said to me, gosh, she has this huge platform and a lot of people are paying attention to her and she's putting out an example that's toxic. It sort of taps back into that conversation that we've had before on this podcast about women's empowerment and the scam nature of it and how some people are not really there to see you win. So I'm obviously not going to say her name because I don't know her like that and, and I don't know, you know what she's like in real life, but that impression that I got... Um, It felt very, very toxic. And because so many other people have shared their experiences with me of other people in a similar space and what their interactions have been with these people behind the scenes, that just led me to say, I hate to say this, but some of the biggest online personalities that we all love on some level are toxic in real life. Mm, mm, mm. I'm on my own this week, so your girl is not done hooking you up with goodness. So if you follow along on Instagram, which this is my second time saying that, so you should really be following along. You'll see in the Instagram stories that I have been switching up my diet and I am extremely intentional about what I've been eating lately. And I've also been working out a lot more too. But the eating is the big thing. We all know that that is the largest percent of making a change for your body. Daily Harvest is giving us solutions to help us get it right, get it tight. It's the easiest way for me to load up on fruits and veggies first thing in the morning with like a smoothie or something like that and also it's an easy alternative to running out to the grocery store trying to incorporate this healthier eating stuff into your life it can make you feel like you have to choose so with daily harvest they give you 50 nourishing options from ready to blend smoothies to savory harvest bowls I love the mix of ingredients that they give you because they incorporate things like pumpkin seeds and something you wouldn't normally have pumpkin seeds in. And I love it. Each single serving cup takes just one step to prepare and you're ready to get some goodness added to your life. Go to daily-harvest.com and enter promo code SPQ to get three cups free in your first box. That's promo code SPQ for three cups free. Visit daily-harvest.com. That's daily-harvest.com. 
Let's dive back in and I'm almost done. So I hate to say this, but many online entrepreneurs out there, they're not selling you anything but a course on how to sell Facebook ads. Mm. What did we just talk about at the top of this episode? Nobody is exempt. Everybody is using Facebook ads to get in front of your face, to get your attention. Uh, At this point, I guess you could say that attention is a huge commodity. You know, we all spend so much time on our phones and doing all the things that capture our attention that sometimes we don't even pay attention to what we're giving our attention to. And so people are taking advantage of that because they want your attention, whether you buy into what they're selling or not, if they can quantify the fact that they have or had your attention, they will do so. And so many of the online entrepreneurs have got hip to the game that behind the scenes, the thing that's really moving the needle is capturing people's attention via Facebook ads, pay to play, right? Facebook isn't stupid. Instagram isn't stupid. They're no longer allowing you to use their platform to do all of this miscellaneous advertising for your own personal gain. They want to gain too. So people now realize that, hey, you can tout that you made thousands of money doing XYZ because you're so great um, at what you do. But on the back end, once they sell you on how great sales, remember again, once they sell you on how great they are, when you get behind the scenes, a lot of it is just a big, glossy, fancy Facebook lesson. Facebook ads lesson. And for those who don't know, Facebook ads also correlate and intertwine with Instagram ads. So when you go on the back end of your Facebook account and you want to set up and run a Facebook ad, you can also set up and run an Instagram ad as well. And you can also set up and run ads that will show up other places. Like I said, Homegirls ad showed up in my app. You can set that up as well because it's, 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 I forgot the word that they call it, but it's like you can designate if you wanted to show up on Facebook or Instagram and additionally other online destinations. So, what it comes down to is pay attention to what you're looking to learn. If you are truly looking to learn Facebook ads, great. But if you're looking to learn, other skill sets and you think that there's going to be some secret sauce and something that you don't know that all these other people know and that they're doing, I feel pretty confident in letting you know that there may be some marketing tactics and some sales funnels and some tools and things like that that people are using in conjunction with Facebook ads that are making them see the type of returns that they are looking for and the type of returns that would entice you to be um, a buyer of their products and services. But be aware that if you are buying into some of these courses, you may have to spend more money in order to participate in the pay pay to play, which is ultimately how they're seeing some of the successes that they're seeing with their programs that they're running. 
I know, you know, I hate to say it. I hate to say it, but it's just the truth. Some of it is just a glorified Facebook ads campaign. And since I'm talking about it, I'm going to share with you my experience with Facebook ads and Instagram ads because you guys know that I am always trying to have full transparency and give you as much information as I can give you. And so, you know, I'm not sitting here saying any of this to give you the impression that Facebook ads or Instagram ads are bad. No, I want you to see the Oz behind the curtain, though. You know, I want you to see that if this is a way that you think you can move the needle with your business, do it because other people are doing it. I want you to see that what you're witnessing with the perceived success of other people in their programs and their campaigns or their overall just status online, it may not be exactly what you think it is. It's probably not organic. Everyone is running Facebook ads now. So what's my experience with Facebook ads? I have run them before. I can count on one hand how many times. I think I've actually done it three times. Once I ran one um, for, well, let's say twice I ran them for books. Another time I ran a Facebook ad for uh, the podcasting course that um, I have available to teach you how to podcast. These were all experiments for me. Um, I did not invest a ton of money. I think the most that I spent was $100 on Facebook ads. And to give you some context, and you've probably heard other people talk about Facebook ads on this podcast before, because I like to get people to to dig in and, and tell me what they're doing, especially when they say that they're running ads and stuff like that. So context, if I said I spent $100, um, that is just a little raindrop in a big old bucket. Because when people are telling you that they've made XYZ thousands of dollars off of a course, a program, uh, a this, a that, whatever it is, right? Online boutique, um, whatever. Usually they are spending thousands in Facebook ads. How do I know this? I have taken Facebook ads courses before that were advertised just as that, Facebook ads course. And when I took that class, the very first one that I took, one thing that really stood out to me is that I got the impression that some of it was trial and error because you don't know what ads are going to perform well. So you have to be invested to run a split campaign where you test and you see which one of these images is going to capture more attention, is going to garner more clicks, drive more traffic to the destination that I'm trying to drive traffic to, and then ultimately convert to the sales that I want it to convert to. Also, there's a thing of as you get deeper into it, how much is it costing you to convert each of these sales? So the optimal situation is to convert people to sales at the lowest cost. So let's say 30 cents. It costs me 30 cents to convert somebody from scrolling through their timeline, looking at my Facebook ad to then clicking on it and then actually purchasing and clicking buy. But like I said, there's money that has to be spent to do that and to test these things out. And so where I'm spending, let's just talk some real numbers, where I'm spending $100, somebody else may be spending. And this is what I remember 
vaguely from the course, the person said that they spent about two or three thousand dollars to make double that. So that just gives you an idea on what realistically you could be doing or would need to do in order to sort of compete. So what you have to be mindful of initially is the budget. In order to get the kind of returns that you're, you might be looking for, you need to make sure that you have at least half of that in the budget available to spend. But I'm not a Facebook ads expert, consultant, junkie, anything like that. So I'm just telling you what my experience has been so that you know I'm not saying all of this from a place of strictly an observer. I'm an observer, but I've also been a participator. And I also just want you to be aware of what it really looks like when you're trying to move the needle with things and um, you're wondering why you're not getting the type of organic traction and results that maybe you think some other people are getting. It's because there's other things happening behind the scenes. So I hate to say it, but I had to I had to share that. I had to put that out there. I really hate to say this one, but I mentioned it on Instagram stories. And if there is an economic downturn, as a lot of people are predicting in this this crazy president that we have who just does all these outlandish things from day to day and you don't know what he's going to come up with one day to the next when his presidency is over I don't know what type of um, economic condition we will be in and I am no politician I am no political expert anything like that but I have heard the buzzings about and rumblings about us potentially facing an economic downturn And I remember the last time we were in a a similar season, it wasn't like really, really dire, but it was definitely something that people were paying attention to. I think it was like 2008. And um, I remember being in church and the pastor saying, you know, economic crisis, economic downturn, that type of stuff doesn't affect us as people of faith because that's not the the way that we're walking, right? That's not what we're believing in. We're believing in a higher power to take care of us and cover us. And that is all great and good. And whatever you believe is what you believe. Um, But the facts that do remain are that as people, we do not control, as everyday people, we do not control the majority of what happens in this society, okay? So sometimes you end up being subject to things that you would rather not be subject to. And my big, I hate to say this, but statement is, I hate to say this, but if an economic downturn happens, as they're predicting, you will see a huge decrease in all the entrepreneurial talk and the laptop lifestyle and the I want to be an entrepreneur and the I am an entrepreneur and the follow your dreams and the live the best life sales pitches. Okay, so let's be clear and get this out here right now. If this is your angle or the angle that you were thinking about, start revamping your approach right now. That's what I would do if I were you. You know, when you think about it too, 
everyone's not truly cut out for the leadership that entrepreneurial careers require. And, you know, if you don't have that vision and you don't have that discipline and that dedication, which I've talked about before, you're definitely going to end up working for somebody again. I know it sounds good. It sounds cute. Everything is all fluffy and influencer lifestyle and pretty and museum of ice cream and all the beautiful things of the world and, um, you know, wonderful, lavish vacations in France and all these things, right? All that stuff is beautiful and great right now, but you got to remember that you don't know truly what's going on for people behind the scenes. And um, which means that some people could have husbands, some people could have trust funds, some people could have all types of different situations that you would never know of that is actually financing the lifestyle and is not truly the entrepreneurial lifestyle that you think it is. And so I'm saying this to give people something to think about and also to let you know that if this is your aspiration, you're going to have to dig a little bit deeper. Dig a little bit deeper. Don't go off the surface of what people show you because if times get hard and people are forced to cut back on things, they are definitely cutting back on all of the things that they don't need. And what is some of that? Some of these courses, some of these coaches, all of that kind of stuff. So if you're not able to position yourself in a way that you're bringing true value to people and and stuff that they would pay for because let's say in an economic downturn or a scarcity type of situation, they see how your services could really benefit them and give them value and give them an advantage and um, put them ahead of what everybody else is doing. If you can't prove that to them or show that, then it's going to be really, really challenging. So I hope that gives everybody something to think about and also give some clarity and perspective to people who are out there working their nine to five and sometimes feeling shamed for it because they're not trying to be an entrepreneur or they're not out there trying to chase <laughs> their best life, you know, as the slogan always tells people. They're just living their best life according to working for somebody else, right? And that's paying their bills and they don't have to worry about where their next check is going to come from. I hope this puts some perspective on it because if the stuff hits the fan, as they would say, some things really are going to change. Some narratives that are being touted are going to change. And um, and I want you guys to have an awareness and a background before we get to that place, if we get to that place. And finally... My last one, I hate to say this, but you are always going to have to answer to somebody. There's no easy way out or around it. Get used to being accountable. Now, accountability wins. Reliability wins. Team players win. Executors win. Hard workers win. So many people, I think, are looking for the easy way. And I hate to say this, but people don't want to answer to anybody, myself included. I don't want to answer to anybody. But on some level, no matter what you're doing, no matter how you show up in this career world, you are going to have to answer to somebody. So you already know what it looks like if you're in the corporate space. 
You got to answer to somebody, whether it be the head of your department, your CFO, your CEO, your um, direct supervisor, whoever it is, you have to answer to somebody, your client, whatever it is. On the other side of things, on the more entrepreneurial or freelance side, you still have to answer to somebody. A lot of people think that they're escaping that layer when they go and work for themselves. But no, if anything, it might be more intense because if you have clients, you're now having to answer personally to somebody where before if you worked for another company, there may be a layer or a buffer in between you guys. Now... It's you directly. If something didn't go off according to plan, why? And they want to know why from you. And they don't want to hear a bunch of excuses, especially if they paid you money. So the accountability just shows up a little bit different, but you still have to answer to somebody. We all have to answer to somebody. So the quicker that we realize that and figure out how to finesse it and make it work in our favor, the better off we will be. I'm going to leave you with that. Psych, you thought I was done. I thought I was done too. But I had to pop back in because I had this thought and I really felt like I needed to share this with you guys. So I hate to say this, but if you don't believe in yourself, nobody else will believe in you. Now that sounds like, oh, I heard that before. Why did she come back on and say this, right? But peep it. This is the real thing. When I say if you don't believe in you, that means if you're not willing to take action behind the things that you want to see for yourself. Taking action shows that you believe in yourself. If you don't take action and you're not willing to take action, it's never going to happen, right? And I posted something on social recently where I said, most will never work as hard for themselves as they will for someone else. But you know why you work hard for somebody else? Because you believe in them. You believe in their vision. You believe in their company. You believe in what they're telling you. And although it feels like, of course, I believe in myself. But if you're not willing to put the action and the work into what it is that you're hoping and wishing and praying for, then I'm going to go out on a limb here and say, you don't really believe in yourself. You're so scared that you're going to fail or that it's not going to work out or it's not going to be what you thought it was going to be that you don't believe in yourself enough to even try. I had to say that because I know that somebody needs to hear it. And a part of the reason it was on my spirit, on my heart to say today is because It's hard to believe in yourself sometimes. It's hard to make those steps to move forward and taking the action that you will take when you believe in yourself. But it's not impossible. It is so possible. People are doing it every day, all the time. And for me, with Maisie Media, which you guys have heard about before, um, we're over there doing some big things. And that's because I believe in myself. We're over there making moves. And I'm so proud to say that yesterday we announced yet another podcast that's joining the Maisie Media family and movement. Another female voice that's coming into our space and going to bless us with her words of wisdom, the talent that she has, and the content that she's going to create for us in this space. 
That is Ty Alexander, and her podcast is called Destination Heal. If you didn't know, we also have Marty McDonald with the Boss So Hard podcast. And a week from today, there's a new podcast. Yes, yet another new podcast joining the family as well. This is what growth looks like, y'all. I know so many people didn't know what I was doing when I launched Maisie Media, what it was going to be. There were question marks in people's minds, and that's fine, right? What I say? If you could understand every single element of my plan and what I'm trying to do, then it wouldn't be my journey. It'd be your journey. So I don't need everybody to understand. What I need is to believe in myself, believe that I can do it, believe that I can make it happen, and then go out there and start making the steps toward making it happen. The big steps and the little steps, because they all count. They all matter. So right now, we are continuing to make those strides. I am so grateful and thankful for all of your support. And that is what has helped us get to the place where we're at right now. Because you guys rock with me week after week, people know I got a loyal tribe that's waiting to hear the goodness that they have to offer. As long as they're on the same page and giving out that same type of goodness that we rocking with over here, I switch pivot or quit. So I just had to hop back on to say that real quick because it sounds cliche, but it's like if you don't believe in yourself, how do you expect other people to believe in you? And that's because you won't even be showing up giving signs, leaving the breadcrumbs, dropping the gems, showing and proving and letting people know that you have something to believe in. So I suggest if you've been sitting on an idea, you've been thinking about something, you've been hesitating with it, get out there and do it. Start somewhere, start small. I know it sounds like everybody tells me to do this, but that's because if you just get started, you will see your way through it. I didn't know exactly what I was doing with Maisie Media when I started, but I am seeing my way through it, and you can do the same thing. This was a long one. This is much longer than I expected, but obviously I had a lot to say. I hope that some of the things that I said make you think about some things, maybe are beneficial in some ways. Share this episode with a friend if you enjoyed it, and always head over to iTunes and make sure you rate and review the podcast if you're loving what you hear. I appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, be good. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Access and Opportunity, a podcast from Morgan Stanley. Women and entrepreneurs of color traditionally have a hard time accessing capital to start or grow their businesses. Join Vice Chairman Carla Harris as she introduces us to the dynamic investors, entrepreneurs, policymakers, and others working to close the funding gap for these entrepreneurs. Listen and subscribe to Access and Opportunity on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Access and Opportunity, a podcast from Morgan Stanley. Women and entrepreneurs of color traditionally have a hard time accessing capital to start or grow their businesses. Join Vice Chairman Carla Harris as she introduces us to the dynamic investors, entrepreneurs, policymakers, and others working to close the funding gap for these entrepreneurs. Listen and subscribe to Access and Opportunity on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.